This episode of Nocturne is brought to you with support from Care Of, a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Care Of's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices, and takes only about five minutes to find out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. I let them know about my energy dip in the afternoon and that I want to recover faster from exercise, and I got a personalized list of recommendations. Your vitamins get delivered right to your door in little easy-to-remember daily packs, perfect for busy people. Each of my packs says, Hi Vanessa, and has a little quote or saying on it. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing, and much more likely to take my vitamins. I even remembered to grab a couple of packs when I went out of town for the weekend. Vegan and vegetarian supplement options are available to meet your dietary needs. For 25% off your first month of personalized Care Of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code NOCTURNE. That's 25% off your first month of vitamins at TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code NOCTURNE at checkout. Listening to Nocturne, I'm Vanessa Lowe. Over 75% of the land on Earth is now impacted by the presence of humans. We build cities and infrastructure for human activity, and in the process, we use and sometimes destroy what existed before. We fight each other for control over land and resources, often overlooking the casualties. As human beings have excelled at surviving and multiplying, there have been others who have not fared so well. Can you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm an elephant. I'm an elephant too. Yeah, me too. We've heard really scary stories when we were little. The stories were about how scary the men were when they came for us. My auntie said the war was terrible. She tells us a lot of stories. We lost so many family members. The men went mad on each other, and then they turned on us. The men come and shoot the metal balls at us. The metal balls took out almost all of our family. Auntie told us never to eat the corn when the sun is out. It's less dangerous that way. We only take the roads at night when the moon is up. The metal beasts are big and loud and scary, and if we hear them, we run. Run the other way. Never trust a human. Never, ever trust a human. Ever. They're vicious. They're cruel. In Mozambique, many of the elephants that were alive during the Civil War are very fearful of people, rightly so. There has been a long history of poaching. It's a lot better now than it was during the Civil War, but a lot of the animals uh, are still alive that had experienced that. And they're passing along that fear to their young that weren't necessarily alive then, but have learned that humans are scary and we should avoid them. So I'm Caitlin Gaynor. I'm a PhD candidate at the University of California in the Department of Environmental Science Policy and Management. And I consider myself a wildlife ecologist and a conservation biologist. So I study the behavior and interactions of large mammals and how our activities are affecting theirs. I study a range of large mammal species, everything from impala 
also very small antelope like Oribi, all the way up to these giant antelope, kudu and eland, and then monkeys, lions, and, and elephants. Caitlin has done field work around the world, including in the Kenyan rainforests. The Kakamega Rainforest is the last fragment of rainforest in Kenya, in western Kenya, and it is a truly beautiful place. Incredible diversity of birds and butterflies, and it comes alive during the daytime with all these very colorful creatures and many different species of monkeys making noise. And at night it transforms into a very different place, but also full of noise. And so I lived in a cabin in the rainforest, and so would fall asleep to the sounds of insects and and other critters at night. I would take night walks from time to time and look for the completely different primates, bush babies and pottos out at night. Bush babies are these tiny little creatures that live in trees and, and they're exclusively nocturnal primates, big eyes and this shrill cry and, and you never see them during the day. I was following all these diurnal monkeys, but at night if you go out with a flashlight you can see the reflection of those big bright eyes in the trees and uh, it's pretty special. I was studying monkeys in the jungles of Kenya, and it really fascinated me because these monkeys were not really in natural habitats. They were living among people because people were also living in these forests, and so they were in non-native plantation forests. They were foraging around in trash pits, and their behavior seemed to actually be pretty radically altered or driven by human activity and disturbance. These monkeys would come out of the rainforest where they're foraging on these big, beautiful fig trees and end up in a, one small trash pit just fighting over some corn husks that people had thrown away. And it created this really intense competition. You know, they went from, from all feeding on one big tree together to really fighting over limited resources, which you know, I, I started to wonder, how is this changing their social dynamics and the interactions between individuals and in the group? Caitlin was one of several wildlife ecologists around the world who, in the midst of other research, began to notice a striking trend among animals in the wild. Animals are shifting their activity from the daytime to the nighttime. And animals are spending less time active during the day when it's light out, and more of their activity is being spent between sunset and sunrise when it's dark. Caitlin and her advisor at Berkeley, Justin Brashares, noticed the pattern in their own work first. He was in Tanzania where he was trying to look at different animal species, including kudu and impala, in protected areas and compare that to their behavior and stress levels outside of protected areas. Dr. Boucher's had set up camera traps, basically cameras that take pictures and video 24 hours a day to document animal behavior. Going through the camera trap data, he noticed that actually there seemed to be a pattern that he didn't even anticipate. What he saw was that animals who lived in protected areas away from humans were more active during the day. But the ones who lived outside of these protected areas, and thus closer to humans, they were more active at night. And I had noticed similar patterns in my own work in Mozambique. My other colleagues on this paper, Cheryl Hodgnowski, who works in Canada, and Neil Carter, who works in Nepal, had noticed similar patterns in their data as well. It looked like human activity was driving animals to be more nocturnal to avoid us. As Caitlin and her colleagues talked about what they were seeing, they started wondering. Is this more widespread if it's happening in all these places where we work? And we began to see it more and more in the published scientific literature, these anecdotes here and there about, you know, lions becoming more nocturnal in Tanzania or bears becoming more nocturnal in Indonesia. And so 
we pulled all of these papers together and really systematically examined these shifts and tried to quantify just how much more nocturnal are these animals becoming and what human disturbances are driving these responses and do we see the similar patterns across different types of mammal species. And so this resulted in this meta-analysis or the study of studies that we published recently. Caitlin and her colleagues scoured the existing research on mammals becoming more nocturnal and analyzed all the data they found. We read 76 different studies, and these studies spanned every continent except Antarctica and included 62 different species. Many of them had looked at multiple animal species, and so in total we had 141 case studies, or examples of a given species in a given place. And so these 141 case studies formed the, the basis for our global analysis. So we found, just looking at the, the overall effects, in 83% of the case studies, there was some shift towards nocturnality. And when we looked closely and quantified just what this shift was, we found that animals were becoming 1.36 times more nocturnal around people. And so to make that a little bit easier to understand, an animal that would typically split its activity 50-50 between the daytime and the nighttime would increase its nocturnality to 67% around people. It's a little bit difficult to kind of wrap one's head around that, but we found on average this pretty clear and striking result where human activity was creating a more nocturnal natural world. What we see is that animals are really shifting all of their activity. They're feeding at night, they are socializing at night, and we really don't yet understand how they're able to do this. My name is Margaret Opossum, and I live behind 223 Ordway. I'm more of a night owl. Sometimes I do venture out during the day to check out the snack can, but last time I did, I almost got run over by one of those damn rolling things that those humans would go in. It was almost the end of me. It rolled right over and cleared me by a snail's width. There's just too many of those humans around. I think I'll stick to foraging in the dark, where it's safer, thank you very much. Historically, we may have seen animals that are fearful of people just avoid us in space, just seek out other places to be, and just not really hang out where we are living. But as people, the human population has grown and we're taking up more and more space, we're leaving fewer areas just for the wildlife. And so instead, in areas where we're sharing space with animals, we may see them avoiding us in time rather than space. So back to those traumatized elephants in post-Civil War Mozambique. These elephants avoid roads and avoid settlement. And what I found through some of my own research is that they're actually really only avoiding these human disturbances when people are out and about. The elephants actually do like to use roads for movement. Many of the roads in the continent of Africa started out as elephant trails that became used by people and eventually became roads. And so they're using these for movement, but they are using them at night when people are not driving around. Similarly, settled areas provide great resources for elephants. They're full of delicious corn, the elephants love to eat, but they're not gonna go there during the day. They're afraid of people, they don't wanna be there when people are out and about, and of course, they don't want to be chased away. So they are entering these settled areas at much higher frequencies than other areas that they're foraging in the park, but they're exclusively doing it at night when people are asleep. 
And so we see that these elephants are balancing these, these opportunities on the landscape kind of created by human activity, roads that allow for easy movement and crops that allow for an easy meal. But they're doing it at night to avoid coming into contact with us. While the shift to nocturnal behavior allows the elephants to raid the crops and feast on corn without running into humans, it also creates big problems. These are very vulnerable human communities that can lose an entire year's worth of food and income just a night of a couple of elephants tromping around in their backyards. And it's incredibly devastating. And it creates a very understandable resentment towards protected areas, towards conservation initiatives, because people really don't want elephants around. And again, understandably. It is understandable that humans might not want elephants around, particularly if they're pilfering their food. Just as it's understandable that elephants want to avoid humans because they watched them murder their friends and family. But animals are increasingly avoiding people even when the people are not being particularly threatening. We're seen as a threat whether we're wielding a gun or a hiking pole. We looked across all types of human disturbance, everything from activities as seemingly minor as walking through the woods or hiking, up to very intense urban development. Um, we looked at lethal activities like hunting or animals that are, are being persecuted or killed to more benign activities like just walking your dogs or riding your bike. And what surprised us is that the effect of humans on the nocturnal behavior of wildlife was really consistent across types of disturbance. Animals didn't really seem to differentiate between activity that poses a real threat or activity that was pretty safe for them. Similarly, they didn't distinguish too much between more permanent human infrastructure and people just walking through an area. The magnitude of the increase in nocturnality was fairly consistent. Overall, it seems like animals are playing it safe around us. They want to avoid us really no matter what we're up to. This trend of mammals retreating into the night, it's not happening just in Africa. This is something that is it's clearly happening all over the planet, from leopards in Gabon to a wild boar in Poland to sun bears in Indonesia. We documented increases in nocturnality among small herbivore species like red brocket deer, which are becoming more nocturnal in response to subsistence hunting in the Atlantic forest of Argentina, to sable antelope, which are larger antelope species becoming more nocturnal in response to trophy hunting in Zimbabwe. But also in response to non-lethal activities, we've seen things like here in California, coyotes become more nocturnal in response to hiking, and tigers in Nepal becoming more nocturnal in response to a, a mix of human activities. Yeah, they, they say us sun bears are vulnerable, and lately I think they might be right. I've been noticing. Oh, the, 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 tr the trees, they're, they're like disappearing. The, the, these men, they come with the, these machines, the terrifying sounds, and they just cut, and then they cut, and then they cut, and then, you know, I, I don't know where to sleep. First, I'd sleep in branches high above the ground. That was nice. I got good, uninterrupted sleep in that tree. One day, I went on a hunting run, came back, and my bed was gone. Found a new bed under a fallen tree, and the same thing happened. At the daytime, the guys are the guys are there. There's just men everywhere in the day. So at night, I go, okay, I'm hungry, and I go out and I, you know, I try to catch mice, but it's really hard to see. Um, 
I could see a mouse in the day, no problem. But at night, whew, man. Many of these species have evolved for millions of years to become adapted to daytime activity. For example, the sun bear in, in Asia is avoiding the sun now um, and actually much more active at night than it has been in evolutionary time. And so for species like this that are, are really adapted to daytime activity, we might expect that they have a harder time navigating in the darkness. They just don't have the vision, they don't have the other senses or the navigational capacity that nocturnal species often have to get around and find their way and find their food in the darkness. And so we might see reduced feeding rates, we might see animals more vulnerable to their predators, ironically, because they're trying to avoid risk or what they, they perceive to be risk from people. We may be driving them right into the, the mouths of their four-legged predators. It might be harder for them to communicate with each other or to find mates. What is really not yet understood are the implications of this behavioral change, of this increased nocturnal activity for individual animals or for populations. We might see that some animals are just living very unsuccessful lives and are too stressed to reproduce or more likely to die. And so we may actually see that these populations are not sustainable on their own. I think in other cases though, mammals show a tremendous amount of plasticity. This ability to kind of change their behavior and adapt to different situations. And for species that are able to, to survive and thrive in the darkness, particularly those species that are already adapted to some nocturnal activity or crepuscular activity at you know, dawn and dusk. These animals may, may do just fine. And in this case, this behavioral shift and increase in nocturnality may be a mechanism for coexistence between people and animals. So what Caitlin Gaynor is saying is that there may be a silver lining in certain cases. The ability of some animals to shift away from humans, not just in space, but in time, may ultimately help us all live together peacefully. In Nepal, we see that tigers are using the exact same trails through the forest as people. We put a camera on a trail and capture people moving by during the day and tigers at night. And I think this, this is one of those optimistic stories where it's actually enabled tigers and people to coexist. You know, of course, people don't want to be walking into a tiger and tigers really don't want to be walking into us either. And so what we see is this partitioning of time as a mechanism for coexistence. Even if these shifts are helping humans and other animals coexist, a lot is unknown about the wider effects of these changes on the ecosystem. Say coyotes, who used to hunt mostly at dusk and dawn, start hunting more at night. They'll be eating a whole new set of creatures who are active at that time. Ecologists use the term trophic cascades to talk about this. What that means is that the entire food chain can be affected by the addition or removal of the predators at the top. And it's really hard to know what those effects will be. We have yet to really understand these trophic cascades, as we call them, where a change in, in the behavior or the numbers of, of an animal higher up on the food chain or in, in the food web kind of cascade throughout trophic levels, where changes in what a predator is eating can affect the prey populations and maybe even affect the plants that those prey are eating. We've seen this throughout the world where human activity is resulting in the loss of a lot of top carnivores and transformed entire ecosystems. I think it's an important direction for future research, and we're going to need to learn more about how entire ecosystems may be responding to human disturbance. 
there's that old adage that history repeats itself. This is not the first time that one species has pushed everyone else into the darkness. When mammals first existed on this planet, they were exclusively nocturnal. The common ancestors of all the mammals that are alive today were nighttime creatures. And this is because mammals evolved during the time when dinosaurs were this ubiquitous and terrifying force on the entire planet. Dinosaurs would you know, harass mammals, eat mammals, compete with mammals, and so the mammals just kind of played it safe at night. They found their niche in the darkness because the dinosaurs were active during the day. It took just one cataclysmic event for the tables to turn. And it was only after the asteroid wiped out the dinosaurs that we saw mammals emerge into the daylight and evolve to become more active during the daytime. It only took about 200,000 years for this to happen a mere blink in the scheme of things. It happened relatively quickly in evolutionary time that mammals were able to become diurnal or active during the daytime after the extinction of dinosaurs because the extinction of dinosaurs opened up all of these new niches where they had previously kind of taken over every, every role in the food web. Mammals were able to kind of radiate and evolve to this amazing diversity of, of species that we see today. But now we have this ubiquitous, terrifying force on the planet, Homo sapiens, that is harassing and, and terrifying uh, the other mammals that are on the planet. And so we see this retreat to the night again, this return to nocturnality among mammal species, kind of reminiscent of our evolutionary history. Everything old is new again. And it turns out, for better or for worse, human behavior may be driving significant long-term changes to other species on the planet. We may see evolution happen again in response to people. We've seen evolutionary shifts among animals and, and plants in response to human activity, in response to climate change and global change that's changing the habitats and making certain traits more successful than others. We also see evolution happen because people are removing animals with certain traits because of harvest, the animals we want to eat or you know, trophy animals. And so we're driving evolution that way. But we may also be driving evolution through changes in behavior by forcing daytime animals to become active in the darkness. We may be selecting for traits that allow for animals to get by at night. We might be driving evolution by forcing some animals farther into the night, but we might also be creating an untenable situation for others who simply aren't built for the dark, who don't already have the programming in their genetic code. Many mammals have retained some physical characteristics and traits that enable us to see at night and to, to be more active at night than perhaps other animals that are not as adapted or don't have this evolutionary past. And of course, evolution is slow in comparison to human time. Human disturbance is happening extremely, extremely rapidly. You know, even we see this in our own lifetimes, but when we think on evolutionary timescales, it's, it's really unprecedented. And it's not yet clear whether evolution will be able to keep pace. Based on the research by Caitlin and her colleagues, this exodus to the night is probably just the beginning. Yeah, I think that for species that are able to adapt and to thrive at night, we may see this shift increasing. I think, though, there are species that are constrained by their physiology, by their diet, that really can't be active at night. I think for these species, it's going to be really important to conserve areas that are free of human disturbance. 
Of course, some animals will just get used to humans in their midst. This is something, you know, we've seen in areas where humans and wildlife have been coexisting for a very long time, you know, in parts of Europe. We see animals that are perfectly happy out and about during the daytime around people because they've learned over the years that people are not a threat. And so for situations where animals are not actually being killed or harassed or threatened, we may see a relaxation of this nocturnality. This is something that has been observed actually in bears in Alaska, where they, the more habituated bears that are used to being around people are not shifting to nocturnality around disturbance. However, there's a caveat. Humans have to behave themselves. It really doesn't take much reinforcement for an animal to, to remember, OK, wait, that's why I'm avoiding you. Caitlin thinks there's hope for many species to withstand and maybe even thrive despite human activity. I think I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it's reassuring to see that animals are able to coexist and thrive along with people and, and perhaps become habituated to our presence. A final caveat here, though, lest we be too optimistic. The mammals in Caitlin's research were not representative of all mammals, just the ones that already live among people with some success. There's a lot less known about the effects of human activity on animals that have always lived apart from us. It's important to remember that many animals are not able to, to coexist with people. The animals included in, in the study that we did are those that are persistent in areas of human disturbance. So we were comparing animals in wild areas to areas of disturbance. And so part of the requirement of inclusion in the study was that the species exist in areas of disturbance. But there are many species that we don't even look at in the study that don't exist in areas where there's disturbance. And so I think that while we can be reassured by the fact that animals are able to adjust their behavior to coexist with us, we need to remember it's also our responsibility to adjust our behavior and to leave some areas free of human disturbance for those species that are most vulnerable to human activities. We can't just rely on the animals alone to be changing their behavior. It's got to be a two-way street. And so I think that with some thoughtful planning and protection of wilderness areas and perhaps restriction of human activity in areas or time periods that are really sensitive for threatened species. I think we can coexist on a crowded planet, but I think it might require some creativity to meet the needs of people and to meet the needs of animals. And it might not work for every single species. Uh, you know, you humans' history has been intertwined with us coyotes for thousands of years all those trickster tales and whatnot. You know, I'd call it an uneasy alliance at very best. You know, sometimes an animal just wants to go a whole day without seeing a human. Is that really too much to ask? I like the sun. I don't want to have to stay up all night. Can you make us some room? You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. The Elephant Kids were channeled by Ava Gould, Amalia Gould, and Finn Sparlow. The part of the possum was played by Sue Devine. Gunnar Madsen personified the sad sun bear, and the coyote was portrayed by Maurice Tanney. Thanks to Care Of for supporting Nocturne. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code NOCTURNE for 25% off your first month of vitamins.
Nocturne is produced with support from KCRW's Independent Producer Project, which provides resources to creative storytellers around the world. Find out more about Nocturne and let us know what you think at nocturnepodcast.org or connect with us on Twitter or Facebook or at Nocturne Podcast. Nocturne is part of The Herd, a collective of audio producers creating smart and beautiful work. Find out more at theherdradio.com. Thanks for listening.